I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> What's going on here, lads? Oh, I'm done now. I'm blind. I don't want to be around. I'm blind for that. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Crick Index podcast. Joining me today to discuss the first test between Pakistan and England are Dan Rhodes, Dan Kennett, and back by popular demand, we have Samir Khosla. Samir, let's come to you first. What did you make of everything? I mean, complete dominance of bat over ball for four days, and then the whole thing just came to life. Thanks, Amit. Uh, yeah, you know what? I switched off for four days. Not much to see. Uh, and then yesterday, in the midst of the Liverpool-Tottenham game, my phone started bleeping. Things were getting a bit exciting. Rashid was looking like a world-beater. And I thought, game on here. And you just have to think, what would have been? Another half an hour, another 20 minutes. None of these silly tactics from the Pakistan team, which, you know what, to be fair to them, I probably would encourage England to do the same thing if the shoe was on the other foot. But... That the overwhelming feeling after after the match was, we just haven't got it right here. The ICC, whoever runs cricket at this level, has got to focus on what's right for the for the game. And if you're a fan and you've been there for four days and, and suffered through just watching that batting, and then you manage to see that the fifth day, you deserve an outcome. You deserve an extra twenty minutes. You deserve to let those floodlights dominate the natural daylight. Yeah, I, I haven't got anything more to say on that other than, you know, it needs to be looked at. I don't know the rules, you know, and I'm hoping uh, Dan um, or Dan could perhaps shed some light. Um, but I think we really no have. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and Dan said off here, you know, it's, it really is our ability to, to shoot ourselves in the, in the foot. Um I, that's the overwhelming feeling I have afterwards, and I am yes, uh, a very bitter Englishman. Right so, now. Dan, yeah. Dan Kelly, let's bring you in because I know you feel yeah. strongly about all this. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, Test cricket is probably the greatest game on, you know, on earth in my opinion. Um, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing else like it. Um, and um, but if you if you had a visit from Mars, right. And uh, you were trying to, or, or, or the United States, for example. I was about to say the same thing. You to it. All right, and you got to uh, because they're not they're not big fans of cricket anyway. Um, but um, and then and, you know, try and understand, right? Okay, this game is is really close to getting a result. There's overs left in the allotted schedule. I think there was, I think there was 
11 over 11 overs left when 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 the red light called it yeah. so more than enough time to to England to force the result the, there was floodlights at the ground so the capability was there but and but the players had to come off for bad light and and the, the answer right the answer is is that the, the, the umpires were just applying the, the laws as they currently stand but the basically the law is an ass the law is wrong um and they really need to the ICC really need to do something about this because um I don't know. It was it was even different last time England went to Karachi because do you remember Steve? It was Steve Buckner was the umpire, and he basically told um, Inzerman that um, you know fuck you and your time waste, and we're staying out here until the until the overs are bold. I don't care how dark it gets. The, law, the laws and, were different then, though, weren't they, Dan? The laws they were, referred to the batsman, so it was down yeah. to the batsman. But they changed it and took it out of the batsman's hands. Our decisions, yeah, pretty, pretty soon after that match, you know, <laughs> and it was much darker in Karachi. Than it was in uh, than it was in Abu Dhabi um, um, at the end of the game in Abu Dhabi when they went off. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they, the, the, the authorities have to have to look at this. I mean, we know that they're going to pilot day night test matches in Adelaide. I think it is. Um, uh, with it, I think it's this year actually, isn't it? Sometime maybe no, was, right. was it it's soon, early yeah, next year? It's, it's this year. It's New Zealand versus Australia. I yeah. can't confirm if whether it is Adelaide, but it's definitely is yeah, in that part of the world as those two teams. Yeah. Anyway, but they've got to do something because um, we know why they've done it is because the artificial light was overtaking the natural light, and um, they'd already come off on day four for for and they, so they'd had a benchmark for when they were leaving the field on day four and on day five they just wait and, and to be fair that you know once they'd set that benchmark on day four they had to apply it on day five so so the umpires were basically just doing their job but it and, but it's the laws that they were enforcing which are wrong. Yeah, I can't. Uh, Rosie, let's get your your thoughts. What's I, your I, I, general I, thinking about this well, particular I'm, thing? In terms of what happened, it's it's the, it's it's the, the umpires know the laws, but I, just checking them, I can't find one um, that says that it, that's where they should go off. The light meter reading is is that they shouldn't. They need to determine whether there's been a deterioration and a benchmark for the remainder of the match. But if if they decide before the series starts that they can use artificial lights, then they're able to be used to get a full day's play completed. So it, the full day's play was the last hour, which was 15 overs, and they didn't allow it. So whether whether the benchmark takes precedent over that, um, that must be the rule. But yeah, just, it, just I think the key was then. once they set the benchmark on day yeah. four, that was the key thing, that was the key event. I think they should uh, allow it down to the batsman again. That that would be fair. Or just allow lights to be used. But you can't, you can't argue about common with sense. You can't but you can't you've got you've got to go with the rules if they're the if they're what they are. You can't just change the rules to suit an LBW the, decision or something. The only thing I can I say agree is with you, I'm just saying, you know If it was just in the hands of the batsman, right, then they could you can imagine that the batsmen just stay out there, they'd have a dip, um, um they'd have a try, they'd lose a few quick wickets and then they take the light, you know? <laughs> The, the element of I think the element of gamesmanship was was that's why they they tried to take it out of the players' hands because of the element of gamesmanship exactly yeah. that. Let's just because I mean you've got all the padding in the world, you're not really going to get injured on a normal you know normal day, uh, and let's give it a go because sometimes the fielding team also also used to complain, didn't they, that they can't see the ball, uh, catches used to go down and that kind of thing. Well, especially the, the red bad, ball, especially the red ball, yeah. So they tried the best to take it out of out of the players' hands, but. Um, I mean, let's just think of it as just for a second, if you're a Pakistani supporter, you see, you'd be there thinking, 
this is fantastic. <laughs> you know, and, and it didn't stop the English in 2009 in Cardiff with uh, Bilal Shafiat, uh, you know, on glove duty. <laughs> About 14 times. <laughs> oh, abroad having to tie shoelaces every two minutes. Everyone does it. That Everyone does it. That's, that's what Everybody does it, exactly. There's, you know. Um, yeah. No, it's not. It's, it's not Pakistan's no, fault. You know, and I'm encouraging yeah. them to do the same thing. Uh, it, but it, like we said, it's down to the to the rules that are there um, to to be flexible where there's a result on the horizon. I don't think it was unreasonable or dangerous for player to carry on. That's the that's the frustrating thing for fans watching it because they've got the artificial light there and they play one day matches all the time in places where as the light switching but, but over and getting Dan, darker it's, it's difficult. The one day is I played with a white ball against a black side I, screen. I, I know, I know. And if you're a fielder and it is getting dark it's dangerous, just as dangerous for the fielders as it is for the batsmen. But you, you imagine if there's another two overs and England had got another 20 runs and they were only six runs away would they have taken the same decision? They should do. Under, under the same logic, you would, uh, can you imagine the outrage? I mean, and that's how I'm feeling now, anyway. But that it just goes to show that, you know, if the results on the horizon, you've got to put something back into the players' hands. Then you've got there's there's nothing. If there's nothing dangerous, that's what I've got to say. You don't just say, "Oh, there's a rule, and that's it." Remember the 2007 World Cup final um, in in the West Indies, Australia. Um, yeah, that was uh, so that was dark. That, that was a fiasco as well. In Barbados, I remember it very yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the consistency, the consistency is never there. Anyway, it seems to me that whatever test series you have in the world, as long as the two nations con- contesting it agree on something, it's okay with DRS, which we'll come to later on. Everybody. Well, <laughs> um, is, isn't is, is, DRS is, one of the know. issues as well because it's taking up so much time? If 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 it doesn't take yeah. up so much time, then that game gets finished. And also, England was so slow. Towards the end of the second day, when they knew that they didn't want to get put in, they were wasting so much time in the, on the second day. So then to just yeah. to just cap up on the fifth day when you've got an unexpected victory on the horizon and say, "Oh, we want this extra twenty minutes to get these runs," first, is, is a so little bit double standards, isn't it? First hour on day one, we bowled eleven point. I think we didn't even bowl twelve over. <laughs> we were in the twelfth over the first hour on day one. It's appalling. That's that's called adjusting to the heat. But yeah, you're spot on. They've had two two warm up matches. It's, yeah. If a, if if the if a gun was to the head, that every single team would bo- if they knew Alistair Cook's going to miss the rest of the series, for instance, they would be bowling the overs. Yeah. Um, you know, if if it was if it, there was some sort of system in place, nobody would 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 not enforce the thing. But this is just the way it is nowadays. Uh, even do you remember how the umpires had to tell the Pakistani guy that was coming on with drinks or whatever? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, after wave him off. I mean, that sort of stuff shouldn't be happening in the international game. There was gamesmanship from England because it was in England's interest to, to try and take overs out of the match, to try and reduce the overall over from 450 to, say, 430 or 420 by bowling a very slow over rate. Um, so it was in England's interest at that point to, 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 to bowl a slow over rate. Um, but um, as, as the game went on, the dynamic of the, the match changed. It then became in Pakistan's interest to, to bowl a slow over eight, and you know, in, in, in the last couple of hours as well. So it, it just depends on who's on top at any given any given time. And, and, and as everybody said, everybody does it. But the bottom line is, you've got to get the overs in. You, you've got to get the full. If, if it doesn't rain, you've got to play the full four hundred and fifty overs. Well, let's let's discuss it. It didn't, um, look, it didn't look like raining, did it? <laughs> 
Not at any point did it look like <laughs> raining. <laughs> let's, let's discuss it from another angle because if it had just petered out, into, I know the result was the same, but if it had just petered out into a draw the way everyone thought after day three, um, we would never have been even talking about the overrates or anything because it was just, you know, and if we're going to apportion blame, maybe the pitch should take some of the blame because it, was, uh, it wasn't it was a contest. And you feel for bowlers like, especially when Wahab Riaz had that one spell and he could barely walk off the pitch. Um, you know, and you think, well, just how good Anderson is with his bowling um, on that kind of surface. But, you know, uh, Samir, what do you think of all this dominance of bat over? Well, it's not what we want to watch, is it? It's not what we want to watch. Um, and um, you do, I think it's, it's happening uh, more and more often. You're getting it uh, one way or the other. Um, we saw it in the ashes over here where the ball was dominating the bat um, for, for two of the tests. And something like this, just so dull and energy sapping just to watch, never mind if you're on the field. Um, I think people have to take some collective responsibility here, um, whether it's uh, Pakistan who are supposedly influencing what the wicket should be like. And I know Mizbah said this is not what we asked for, but obviously he's asked for something. Uh, the, the ICC, um, in terms of being able to really come down hard on on um, the Abu Dhabi groundsmen and the authorities there. Um, uh, and I think overall, um, the umpires as well should say, oh, is it the match referee should come out afterwards and say, actually, no, this is not a, a pitch that's um, fit, for, for, fit for cricket. Um, and it's not about safety. It's about actually crickets for the fans. And you want to give something to their fans, and this just took everything out of it. Um, yeah, I, you know that might sound really strong, but I'm, I'm, I think it'll be echoed across. No, I think that's fine. I think that's exactly what we're all thinking, Rhodesy. Uh, I take it. You, you, what's your thoughts on this on the topic about the pitch? Well, as we're all going to um, take up the same position here and repeat ourselves three times, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to pretend to be uh, Sahel or Ramiz Raja and some of the people that I've heard. From the Pakistan point of view, the the issue with the pitch is they're supposed to renew them every five years, and this one's nine years old. Oh um, my god! So they need to, and the, the groundsman wants a new one, but obviously there's costings there, and whether the ICC is going to fund it because Pakistan. Well, Abu Dhabi have f- problems with funding. Well, I think there's issues in they think who should pay for it because Pakistan are using it all the time. Yes, the, the I, don't, I don't. I don't think the Pakistan cricket board is flush. To and, be honest. Uh, and the Pakistan cricket board are saying, "Well, we're not paying for it because we want to play at home, and we've got all these wickets at home." So there's there's that point, and then there's the other point. There's it did it did it did kind of change towards the end. If you know, we've got one of the most exciting Test matches. It was a lot more exciting and close than many of the Ashes games that were over after two and a half days, and you knew we were going to win after the first session. We didn't. This one looked like it was going to be a draw the whole time, and then. As the pitch did start to do something towards the end of the fourth day, you just thought maybe a lot of the commentators are saying there's, there's going to be a lot of pressure. They've got a bat out now, and you saw with Rashid cleaning up the tail that you got there was a chance there, and it, it did start to move a little bit more, spin a lot more, spin a little bit quicker, and you got you got a five day game, and and you got an exciting finish. Now the first three and a half days were absolute turgid application of batsmanship from so many people and the bowlers were doing their absolute utmost to try and get wickets so everyone is trying everyone is trying their absolute peaks to get something out of this pitch both batsmen 
both fielders are even starting to stand close and they're dropping catches because it's they're so close compared to where they're usually standing. So there was so much on offer, but it was just the, the pace of it. I was really struggling to watch the first two days, especially when Pakistan were batting. I didn't mind so much when Cook was batting, but it was still... And then the last day was amazing. So maybe you know, a little bit of a defence there for the Pakistan side. I agree with you on the other side, though. There should be a balance between bat and ball at all times during a test match. Dan Kenny, let me yeah. just bring you in here. Pakistan's collapse, 102 for three at T, went on to 173 all out. It's just, a, we talk us through it. Um, well, just before that, I just wanted to come back to the, 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 the bulk of the match because, um, to be honest, this is what broadly what I was expecting. Um, the, the only thing, the only things that, pit, that the pitch didn't do was offer a bit more to the seamers on day one and um, maybe start to break up a little bit earlier on day, day three. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. All, all, you know, it looked like it was. It looked like the pitch had been over-prepared. It was absolutely rock hard. There, there, was, there, was, there, there was absolutely zero impact from the, the, of the footholds of the bowlers. It just shows you how solid the surface was, and it didn't break up at all. Now, it would be quite easy for back, for, for, for groundsman or curator to, 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 to make the pitch when it starts already look like it's one day old. You know, so it, it it was just over prepared, and but we've seen I've seen a lot of matches in Pakistan um, before in Pakistan itself, not the UAE, that have been absolutely flat, turgid, nothingness pitches, and this and I've seen pitches in India like this as well, just maybe just slow turners, not not raging turners, but slow turners as well, and it, again the bat just absolutely dominates and. It 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 it's it's fairly normal, I think, for what for for the, that part of the world. But as I said, it just didn't offer anything really for the for the seamers on day one, which is a shame. But I think maybe that's just the extreme heat because, I mean, in forty five degrees. I mean, the, in the first innings, the English seamers were did an incredible job. Right, the, the four the four lads, Anderson, Broad, Stokes, and Wood. They they they, they took eight for two hundred between them, off. Um, off over 80 overs. They were going, oh, just, just a fraction over, two and over, two and a bit and over, and they took eight for 200. It was an absolutely astonishing effort in 45-degree heat. And um, it was only, the, it, was, it was the two spinners who bowled 64 overs and went at four and a half and over for 64 overs. Um, and that's where, that's where Malik and um, Hafiz milked all the runs from, and then, and then Shafiq. But I... I, I I didn't expect much different, to be honest. I don't know what everybody wants. I mean, I, I certainly don't want um, matches over in two and a half days, like in the summer. It was just pathetic. Um, but, you know, you, 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 you want test match. Test match cricket is supposed to be a test. That's why it's called, it's supposed to be a test of your skill, of your endurance and your application over five days and 450 overs. And I I didn't see too much wrong. Um, but, you know, um, I mean, even Cook, people are saying about Cook, his strike weight was just is fifty. It, there's nothing wrong with that. No, three runs and over. Um, no, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Cook fan, but I, I can say that uh, it was a, a masterful display of run accumulation in the the most. You know that in the same way that a stroke player takes the game away from the bowlers by going in and in, in and in. You know, like again, stroke after stroke, four after four, and. and the way Cook does it also saps the energy out of the bowling attack because they know they can't get him. He's just his focus and concentration, especially after being in the, in the field for two days plus, um, to come and do that. I was in, I was quite in awe of the whole thing, and I'm not, you know, I, I actually, 
I much prefer to watch the stroke players, you know, from my angle. <laughs> but, um, a word for, it's, a it's, word for Wahab Riaz as well. His spell was phenomenal. His, it he, was. Uh, he was bowling at 90 mile an hour as well on that pitch, in that heat. And he, and he had the control and he had the swing and he got a bit reverse. And he was causing a lot of problems for the English players, especially, especially Cook. He had him, nearly had him once, didn't he? Yeah, the, the players, the players all applied themselves well. Even, even all those sort of negatives against them, the pitch, the conditions. You know, you can't knock Hafiz uh, and Cook and Shafiq uh, and and Malik. You know, in getting what they did and achieving what they did. Um, you know, it still runs to the record book, um, and they they still had to do it in. Comp- it was as competitive as it could have been for them. As you saw from Wahab Riaz, he, you know, he didn't leave anything left on the pitch. Well, ch- chances uh, went down. Ian Bell had yeah. two dollies. He could, it could have been very different. You know, twelve for two. Could it have been or something along those lines? Yeah. If, if, if it, very true. If they'd been eight and, catches, eight catches were dropped in total. Yeah. I, I sort of forgive the Pakistanis almost because we're used to seeing it. You know, this is what happens. But <laughs> um, you don't expect the English, especially after the summer where England had got complimented for the slip catching. Um, for that sort of stuff to happen, but the, the, again, but it, you know, it's, the, 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 it's the heat that probably helps you switch yeah. off. Slip catcher, slip catcher, because slip catcher, sorry, Anderson and Stokes were super. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Ian well, some some guys reckon that he shouldn't even be in the slips. No, they shouldn't. Clearly, he shouldn't now. Yeah, probably not. I don't think he will be again. After those, um, I mean, the, the, the two drops from Bell and the East and the uh, no ball from. Um, Broad cost almost four hundred runs. Dear me. Oh my words! You just—I I just wanted to very quickly mention Shoaib Malik because he's had a bit of an exile from Test cricket. He's back into the, yeah, uh, the fold, and uh, I think that was quite—you uh, know—any he's probably thinking of got man of the match nailed on, and then Cook does what he did, and he's probably thinking, oh, "I don't believe it. My bonus has gone or something." But uh, you know, great, great stuff from him to 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 show that kind of application, double century. Um, and what they probably thought, maybe the scoreboard pressure would tell and England would fold, but like we've seen in the past. But I've got to say, the English batting lineup uh, fronted it well, manned up and did what they're supposed to do, in complete contrast to the batting style of the Ashes. Um, uh, one of the Dans, do you want to step in? Well, just on the top three, they faced uh, nearly over 800 balls. So, yeah, more than that, 850 odd balls between the top three. And if you compare that with the Ashes, where there is virtually... You know, we're lucky if we got 50 balls out of the top three. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge difference. And they, they all applied themselves. I thought Moeen Ali's 35 of 131 in a 100 partnership was was just, as, did good, a job. just as good as Bell. He did his job. 63, you know, and then Root just looked at home, as, as, you, as you expect. Oh, I was, I was actually <laughs> glad when Bell was out, because I was thinking, you know, I was like, put him out of his misery, someone... <laughs> Yeah, no, Bell struggled. Yeah, four and a half hours for sixty-three. Ali was three hours for thirty-five. Um, I mean, yeah, um, but Cook, you know, it was the first Test match in the India tour in two thousand and twelve. Was that Ahmedabad, which England lost heavily? I think but so. Cook, but Cook got one hundred and sixty odd, not hours. He almost carried his bat. I think he was actually. He's in. He's in that kind of form now. It seems. And he led from the front, and he basically he was basically showing the rest of the team, the lads. This is what you do. Follow my lead. Do this, right? And we got a chance in this series. And I, and I think he's done that. Ali copied him. Bell copied him. Um, 
even Stokes to some degree, you know, was not quite Stokes like, was he? You know, and uh, it was only Root that looked really, really fluent on, on you know from the England lineup. But Root was absolutely superb. But Cook, what Cook, didn't copy him, did he? Coming in as no. like watchman and flying his oh, batter out. Bloody hell, could have been out three times in eight balls. Oh. Oh. What did you think about that? I thought it was exceptionally oh, strange. That's just pathetic. That. I didn't see no. the point. There was ten overs left when he came <laughs> in on the day. <laughs> I was like literally throwing stuff at the telly at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but Cook, right? To, Have you got to, any to, stats on his Asia heroics? Oh, he, he's now the most. He's now Cook has now got the most runs ever by a non-Asian player in Asia. He he's, he overtook Jack. Jack Callis was the most. He got he's, he's something about two thousand and seventy runs in his career, and his average is is, is about sixty three. So the only, the only players who've reached a higher average now than him in Asia are Gary Sobers, my, who player my dad said was the greatest in his lifetime he saw, and uh, and Stephen Fleming surprisingly, um, the old New Zealand skipper, um, and he's he's now got a higher average than De Villiers and Amla and 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 and, uh, and and the other greats as well. It's just his he 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 is absolutely tailor made. Because um, his only weakness is 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 is, is nicking off in, in when the ball's seaming around a bit, isn't it? Really, or swinging a bit. Uh, um, and, I, wonder how um, many, I wonder how many people bat one, score two hundred and fifty, and then don't come in for the top six in the second inning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he, but just, just, he's got to be fit. He'd been out on that pitch for four days consecutively in that yeah. in those conditions. You know, yeah, that, that, that was a test of endurance. Yeah, fourteen forty-five degree heat. He'd already and, and he'd you know, how how often do we see it where where teams bat for over five sessions, put the opposition in and and winkle a couple out because before the close because the openers are just frazzled, you know. Yeah. And and he comes in absolutely unruffled. Hasn't even broken sweat in those four days. <laughs> I know, but apparently he doesn't sweat anyway. That's what we're going to say. They, they, give the, they give the ball to him, don't they, to do the shining yeah. and stuff. Because he doesn't, he just, he doesn't. So he's a bit freakish in that respect, I reckon, from his genetically. But the physical fitness he has is just, and the powers of concentration, and the application is just astonishing. I, you know, I, I thought Atherton was good, but this guy is just, he's, he's on, he's, he's on, a, he's on another level to Atherton yeah, in terms yeah, of the I concentration. Think we enjoy our cut while they're still around because we're, yeah. we're not going to see another one like him. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you know people like Gary Kirsten, but but Cook's more consistent than Gary Kirsten was, for example. Um, it, we're talking about that level of good. Um, I, I, I didn't think he'd ever top the Gabba in two thousand and ten. You know, when we got five hundred and seventeen for one with him and Trot, I didn't think he'd ever top that, but I think he did in that match. Just for the, the, the actual, the conditions were so attritional and so hostile. So it was magnificent. Yeah. So should we? Um, so should we get on to the thank yous for Mr. Yunis Khan and Ms. Bal Hook for actually, you know, giving the viewers a bit of, you know, subscription money back for what happened then? Because it was absolutely fantastic. The the collapse happened, and then you're thinking, how, you know, how can this? How can how can we get a result from this game? It's amazing to think that after you know the Pakistanis must have been quite chuffed with themselves scoring 500 plus. Um, Dan Rhodes, what did you make of the, What did you? What were you thinking when the collapse was going on? Um, and, wow. and it, you get quite nervous with the uh, with the chase as well, so we'll come into that as well. Oh, yeah. I thought the the Eunice Khan said it to Jeffrey Boycott, didn't he? He said it was a terrible shot they got out. So Jeffrey Boycott presented him with an award, um, but for being the top Pakistani run scorer, so credit for that. Um, but yeah, he and, and he didn't get as much credit as as some of the other t- uh, top scoring Pakistani players, which is a shame because 
as a, as a Yorkshire, former Yorkshire player, should be giving him loads. But he, uh, the shot was horrendous. The shot was about as bad as... There were some of the shots from the Pakistani batsman was as bad. Misbah could have been out two or three times. Um, so, yeah, I don't know whether that was good bowling or poor reading of the situation or whether they just wanted to hit it out and get enough runs so there was absolutely no chance. They were fairly comfortable at tea, so it was kind of a maybe that was the approach, but yeah, dubious. Yeah, what did you make of the uh, the, the fifth day shenanigans? I thought it was um, a combination of Pakistan losing um, their head and panicking uh, a little bit um, and um, perseverance from Adil Rashid. Uh, I was going to come on to Rashid, especially because I know you um, keep an eye on the young British Asian talent of the country in county cricket. <laughs> he's not. He's not so. He's not so young anymore. But um, you've got to be. I mean, Rashid's been knocking on the door for a while now, and you know we've we've we spoke about it before um, as a possibility for the for the final test of the Oval um, on on one of these podcasts before. Uh, he bowled very well in the ODI series, um, but you know making his test debut. You would have thought that you know it, it, these conditions will suit him right down to the ground, and it doesn't look that way um, on on day one and day two, um, which is a little bit unfair for a leg spinner to be bowling on on the first day of a Test match. Um, however, the biggest thing you have to say is his perseverance. It's for a, for for a lad, and I think he's, he's just shy of twenty eight um, to 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 make his Test debut and go wicketless and. And not just wicketless in the first innings, but he he bowled you know, thirty four overs for for no reward, and you know they were, the Pakistan batsmen were really picking him off. Despite, um, as Dan mentioned before, the the seamers really tightening it up at the other end. I really felt sorry for him. I felt really sorry for him, and he came back and he picked himself up, and he, he you know he was still lively in the field, um, as lively as he can be in forty five degree heat. Um, and to come back in that second innings and take five five wickets, you know, hats off to him, and I'm I'm really pleased for him. Um, I'm pleased for the other England lads who really stood behind him, and no one got on his back. Um, you know, it's just a good story, um, and I think it just adds to the feel good factor that this England side have got at the moment off the back of the the Ashes. No, good thoughts there. Um, five for sixty four for Rashid in the second innings, which is a, f- a fabulous comeback after the first innings. Samir, I know you're pushed for time today, so I was going to ask you about your thoughts about Dubai and how do you think the series is going to progress. Uh, I think there was a result. There'll be a result in Dubai. Um, I think uh, in recent history, the, the sort of last eight matches, six have produced um, results uh, and two draws. The, the you know you tend to get sort of over 30 35 wickets in a test match so that usually should mean a, a, a result um england probably don't need to change the side that much um you know maybe you look at wood but finn's with finn not there i'm not sure who else will come in um i think ali gets another go at the top oh england you know they will take the momentum from 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 yesterday and the first test overall into 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 Dubai, um, and I think it's Dubai will feel a little bit more friendly for both teams. For Pakistan, it's you know it's their favourite ground, and Yunus Khan in particular, I think he's got four centuries there. Um, you know 
for them it's it, it is their home um so they're going to be looking forward to that one but i don't think england have got anything to fear um i'm really really looking forward to it looking forward to seeing some runs being scored some wickets being taken and a good battle between pat and ball yeah, yeah let's hope so um samir thank you again for your time cheers again no, thanks again sorry apologies for the early departure of the rest of the part i look forward to hearing it great stuff um, Dan Kennett, let's bring you in because um, I want you to, I want you to get your attention back to the WhatsApp conversation that we were all having. In the uh, Rhodesy was saying, I think in jest that Rashid's going to you know get the tail out, and I couldn't believe when it was going on that he's that he's actually going to you know come back to us in a bit and say, "I told you so." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a bit of a difference between mopping up uh, journeyman journeyman um, English. Players in the division, in the division one players when you win in the league. Yeah, uh, oh no, Yorkshire. So Yorkshire so far ahead of every other team though. You know, Yorkshire seconds to probably win the county championship. Anyway, uh, it's a different subject. Um, Rashid, right? That that I think it was tremendous. Um, and and that 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 one match showed me um, without a shadow of a doubt that he has got the temperament to play Test cricket for quite a long time. I know he's only twenty eight. He's already twenty eight now because. Um, he basically he just treated it to like today's and he woke up today's a new day and you know you, you, you can bowl brilliantly and get nothing you can bowl garbage and and get actually tongs all over the place and you just come back and you put say today today's another day start from scratch and it was a fantastic approach so he his his mental approach is absolutely spot on and um i think he'll i think he'll do very well with that because I think it, he's already got the, the foundations in place. For example, somebody who didn't have that in place when he came into the team was Stokes, right? He's just playing on pure adrenaline, right? And uh, and, and and just you know playing the long handle when he's batting, aggression when he's bowling, making a dick of, dick of himself in the West Indies, and he's had to learn the hard way. And but Rashid looks like he's got temperament already, um, already in place, and that's that's the biggest battle in in, in Test cricket. Oh, what great sir. Catching as well by Anderson. Some of those he just plucked out. Jimmy, fantastic. He's just, just, just the best, probably the best fielding bowler of all time. You know, the, you know, there's been no no one better. I don't think in, in, in Test history. That that's a high high praise. I mean, I was going to say from an England point of view, they used to always say that Ian Botham was was very good at that sort of thing. Took an, in a lot of slip catches, but some of those were just fantastic. You know, easily put down a ball, but. No, great stuff, and great stuff from Rashid as well. I'm pleased for the pleased for the chap, and uh, it, it's nice to see. To we, be haven't, we haven't mentioned it was the worst ever figures by a debutant in the history of Test cricket. Oh, how chuffed! I'm sure that then, Aaron, Aaron from India is, is thinking, is breathing a you know heavy sigh of relief. He's the only that. only bowler <laughs> ever in the history of Test cricket on the debut to take a, a not for in the first innings and then a five for in the second. So that just just back Stan's point up about temperament. And He's going to have that record for ages. I can't fa- see anybody doing yeah, that. Well, no, exactly. There was a <laughs> fascinating interview with Mushtaq Ahmed. Um, I think it was after the uh, end of the Pakistani first innings and he was talking about Rashid and how he'd bowled on maybe the third day and what he needs to do and what, he, what he's got and what he needs to learn. And I thought he, 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 he saw that um, when, when he got his first wicket. And after that, it was just his his line was perfect. It was just on, and you see the drift he was getting. He was getting. It was like a Warnesque drift, in in just getting that many revelations. It was just drifting into the pads and then ripping, ripping off and just taking the edge and going to first slip every single time. And when you've got someone like Anderson there, who doesn't drop anything at slip, then 
you know, that's. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's a good combination, especially when we get to bouncier wickets. He was bowling perfect leg spinners by the end. He was it was fantastic, um, and it, it, I think we talked on the on the preview pod, didn't we, Dan? About there's two the spinners got two jobs. One is to win the match in the final innings, and the other one is to control the match in the first innings and and, and put a um, keep a lid on the scoring rates. Now, if if Rashid can only do one of those two jobs, it's much better that he only does. You know, wins matches on the final innings because you know, we we had a spinner like Ashley Giles who, who could you know who, who was obviously no threat, but he could maybe do a job and bowl outside leg stump for three hours on end. You know, and um, and but what, all we've got to do now is think about okay, if he's in the team and he's there as a wicket taking bowler and a potential match winner in the final on the final day, um, we've just got to think about a different way of 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 exerting the control and giving the seamers a rest on on days one and two. Because, you know, if you look at his figures, um, he, he still went at three and a half and over on that final day. Yeah, and he, went at, four, well, and he you, went at four and a half and over. You Bayliss in an interview when he just said, um, there seems to be an English um, kind of refrain from picking or developing leg spinners because of the amount of runs that they go for. And he's, his job shouldn't be about control and control in the first innings. There should be somebody else doing that. It should be somebody else who's controlling the economy rate. He's a wicket-taking bowler, and that's what leg spinners should be. And you get the odd one or two, um, Bayliss mentioned, like one, or sometimes he says you've got one and McGill, the two that he, he obviously knew from Australia. And McGill was always a wicket-taking bowler, always went for four and over. You know, very He's rarely. more than one. Yeah, exactly, but very, exactly, but very rarely controlled an end. Whereas one had both strings to the bone, that's why he's possibly the best bowler of all time. So you've you can't compare him to one, but you can see the similarities in the wicket-taking and then the drift and then Bayliss acknowledging that that's what he's there for. And he's obviously he's a handy batsman as well, so you need... you need a, Moeen Ali's the one who's not doing the controlling if he's the off-spinner. You need, we need someone to come along in these kind of conditions who's able to do that. And Pakistan have probably got 10 to 15 that they could pick from that could do that, and we haven't got any. It's, the, that's, it's that's the pressure, isn't it? That, it's the pressure that it creates is, is the thing then maybe forcing a batsman to make a mistake uh, in, in this kind of thing. So players like Warner has had the advantage of coming in when the pressure was was being rifled up at the other end when there's maidens coming down as well. 
Um, but he, the, he also had, he also had the benefits of playing in one of the best attacks in, he in did. history. He yeah. did indeed. He did. Yeah. But uh, the, the Sky analysts about Rashid were saying how he was creating the angle as well, using the crease in the second innings to get that drift. So he was coming in from a wider angle to get that natural angle into the right hander, um, exactly. which I thought was was interesting. And the only other thing I picked up in his interview was when he mentioned that Zulfikar Barbar's bowled seventy yard overs and got only a wicket, or maybe he was wicketless at the time. Um, and yeah, that we all thought com- it was going to be the same as graveyard, and it was actually the spin. It was, it was the spin, exactly. It, it backs up your point, Dan. Uh, Dan, can it back to your point that you were saying that he's got the ability to come back another day and say, okay, it's a fresh day. It's you know, fresh set of eyes. It's it's, it's a different day. It's not going to have any effect on what happened the day before. So I thought that was that was interesting, just to back up your point. Yeah, it, 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 it just makes England think. I mean, in in, in, a, in, a, in any any given normal Test match, even South Africa and Australia. It, it's hot, but it's not as hot as the UAE. Um, and maybe, you know, the, the six bowlers thing was needed just for these conditions, because almost like a horses for course approach because it's so hot. Um, but if you looked at what England seamers did throughout the match, they could they could throttle the scoring rate, no question. But if if they were all expected to bowl an extra five, six and overs a day, would that all become counterproductive? Was the whole thing about them bowling the controlling and the, you know an econ- economical spells because they were kept relatively fresh maybe who knows we don't we don't we, we wouldn't really know um but if you know it, it's pretty clear to me already after one game what she's role in this team is going to be and uh, that's to win the game on days four and five fantastic stuff uh guys Rhodes, anything to add there i don't know uh, move on to the drs yeah, there's a lot of DRS. I mean, wherever DRS is, controversy kind of goes in hand in hand, doesn't it? Um, and Kenny, I'll let you take it away on this one. I know you, you know, it's, it isn't again not the best uh, advert for for our game, Test cricket. Yeah, because it was partial. What it was, there was partial technology in, in use in this Test match. There was no snicko and there was no hotspot. That was right, no hotspot. There's yeah, no hotspot, no hot I don't spot, think. No. Is that because it's too hot for hotspot? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. That's, a fair, that's a fair question. Yeah. Um, but Snicko, it should be, you know. But anyway, um, there was only um, there was only Hawkeye, so only Hawkeye. But, you know, we, we, we know that um, leg before, uh, you know, is the majority of referrals anyway, you know, for, for Hawkeye is the one that gets used the majority of the time. But there was two incidents in the match, wasn't there? Both were when Pakistan were batting. Um, there was one where in the first innings where I think it was I think actually both of them might have been uh, Misbah because in the first innings was it, Hafiz? Was, out. was it Hafiz in the first no, the Rashid incident I think was that Hafiz no both of them were Misbah both of them were yeah. Misbah there was one in the first innings where there was there was a big appeal and there was a, there was a there was, there was a noise so he was given out on it was overturned on the stump mic wasn't it Dan it was they said there was, was enough noise because there was allowed, no the bat, didn't hit, the bat didn't hit the ground and and there was the noise as, as the ball, the ball went past the bat, the bat and it was give, it was overturned on the stop mic which I've never seen before, and in the second innings it was there was an appeal for well, there was an appeal and because you don't know what you're appealing for it hit it hit him on the pad um, and the umpire thought he'd nicked it and the, the and once the court, the catch was taken um, that's when he gave him out. So he, he delayed it, didn't he? He yeah, delayed he did. the, Definitely the thing delayed it. You could see that. And then as soon as they went to the referral, they saw it's not hit the bat. They'd looked at the uh, 
the, the the referral on the LBW, and it was it was in line, um, and it was just going to clip the top of our stump, so it was umpire's call. So uh, I think it was Raj who was commentating. He says, "Oh, that's just, that's strange. It's going to be given out." And then he obviously it was given not out because the umpire had um, and given him out caught, and that's what he thought he was referring. So the the LBW is absolutely irrelevant. It's not the umpire's call because there's not a decision to be made there. Yeah, that sounds like a that's more, sounds more like a procedural error, if you like. You know, because that was it. That was because at the time I was up in arms, thinking, "Well, he should be out." But and I, I did think it was unlucky if he's going to be given out on that. If it was an LBW appeal, for instance, because um, uh, the umpire, the on-field umpire, actually, as you're saying, giving it not out from an LBW point of view. But uh, watching it, you're thinking, "Is that what you know?" You it was un- it was unclear. As to what was going on, but well, I did feel that if it was even is not out, isn't it? That's the umpire's call is not out. Yeah, so he so was he was not out from the LBW, LBW point of view. You're completely right, but um, it's just weird to think that. So you know, the reason was it the reason is that they haven't got all the technology because nobody knows who's paying for it, and if it comes down to the Pakistanis, that they haven't got the money anyway. Is that the basics? That's what frustrates me the most: the fact that we're in the most expensive place, mm, the most yeah. in the world, and yeah. <laughs> we can't afford stuff. Well, exactly. They could have just asked the Sheikh for a donation. Dave Richardson, the head of the ICC, said this is the reason why the ICC aren't paying for it, because it's not uniform across all series. And until everyone comes on board, i.e. India, hint, hint. Oh, <laughs> same the Indians all over he again. He <laughs> says that the ICC won't provide blanket coverage for every test match that's played. There you go. So the ICC so were even saying that if India actually pull the finger out and do the sensible thing which the rest of the world's laughing at them for not doing and the ICC are going to pay for it for everybody in all series so everyone's a winner what what really should be happening is the ICC is the governing body should be telling the countries that participate member countries to say look this is how we play the game this is what we do Um, it shouldn't be up to one or two members or whatever or big three or whoever to then dictate what the ICC's rulings are. But it's so, easy for yeah. it's easy for England, India and uh, Australia to fork out a quarter of a million pounds for a five match series or something for whatever the technology costs. Because it's not cheap the snicker or the real time snicker as well, which we had in the ashes. Um and then you've got so it's you know it's a totally different kettle of fish for the Sri Lankan board was in massive debt, especially after tsunami. So you know there's there's all these factors and, it, and that's why it shouldn't be down to the home board. Either one, you put it in the broadcasting deal, so whoever's broadcasting it pays for it, or you put it down to the ICC. But you can't leave it to the home board because they've got such a disparity in income levels. It's easy for Australia and England to have a series and have all the top-notch stuff. And that should be encouraged because it, that's how all this technology has developed in the first place, hasn't it? It wasn't through the ICC's research or anything. It was down to Sky Sports or Channel 9 or wherever uh, looking to make it a better broadcast for the people who were paying the subscriptions and as they did that and brought in these new technology and used them people were going well why can't the umpires use them and that's how it came to be used in the first place so you know well, it's, it's not down to it this is the whole thing it's the ICC uh, I think the whole thing really well Dan Kenny what's your thoughts on this there because don't you think the whole thing comes down to the fact that the ICC don't have the leadership in the first place yeah um, and the reason they don't have the leadership is because India has the more of the money, doesn't it? So India has, is it more money than the rest of the world combined? I think more probably. revenue. Yeah, easily. Yeah, probably. 80%. Um, I think they, the, uh, the Indian argument has always been that they provide 80% of the revenue. 
so yeah. they should be dictating this. Then. But it does, as you say, but the, the, very yeah. frustrating. And, and as we know, money talks um, constantly in any walk of life. So um, the, the strange thing is, is the Indian reluctance to, to use it. What I suggest is, is that the, the, the conspiracy theory to give out Indian batsmen dubiously continues until India cave in. <laughs> I think the players actually want it, my personal opinion. Yeah, Pajara, players... Pajara definitely wants it. <laughs> Any batsman would want it, consider you know if they think they're they've been given out wrongly. And you no... think Harbajan would want it, you know? Well, well you... I remember I remember Harbajan very famously when Broad got his hat trick at Trent Bridge when the Indians were over, um, using doing the doing the gesture as the you know, and so that wouldn't have been a hat trick received if if DRS was in. Um, England probably would have won the match anyway, but because uh, he got an inside edge, he got out given LBW, but there was no DRS, so. So that was that, and he was doing the signal. So Harbajan probably love it, and you'd get you'd get all the LBWs and things as well. It's absolutely virgin on hundreds of occasions that would have helped. India. It would have helped the Indians. I'm sure if somebody did some analysis to say are they better off or worse off. Huh? Well, the, the analysis I found off. from the 2011 World Cup in India was um, that India had six reviews and only one of them was successful. So they're terrible at using it as well. I think that, that's, the, that's, that's what did them, though. Because they were terrible at using it, because of that, that's when it it basically, the, the seed that was planted then flourished. And it's in their mindset now that because we don't know how to use it properly and because we've never used it up until now. So if they suddenly said yes, they'd be, they think that they're like, you know, 10 years behind the world in terms of how to use it. So they don't like to be, you know, having the the opposition having an advantage, that's how for, I think of it. Is. For such a smart country, that's an idiotic argument. It is. It is an idiotic argument. <laughs> You've got to be one of the cleverest countries on the planet. <laughs> and that's just rank stupidity, if that's the actual... If, if, if that argument is being peddled, you know, the, the, you'd catch up in no time. It's, it's a, it is a nonsense, and plus all the players are, are different. There's a, The Indian team is very different to what it did look like, you know... With, with all the uh, Tendulkas of the world and all that. But, In fairness, um, I need to put Anil Kumble's point across here, who's the guy who's going to be making this decision. And he he's absolutely adamant that it should be any ball, that, just to clear it up completely, it should be any ball that's hitting the stumps when you refer is out. Whether the Whatever the umpire said, whatever happens, if the ball is going to hit the stump and the tracking is found to be um, a tiny couple of percentage better than what it is now, so verging on 98, 99% when all the technology is working, then it should just be, if the ball hit the stumps, then, then you're out. Because if the ball clips the stump as a ball, it's going to knock the bail off. So why is I, it I agree with that. Call? So the kind of, I, I don't, I don't because they're the not the point of having umpires. Yeah, I, like, I, like, I, like, I like the umpires call. Yeah. Well, the, again, well the, thing that, the thing that gets to mind is... You can understand that, that argument, I think. That's a better argument than saying we won't be able to use it promptly. No, but what annoys me the most is when it's just clipping the stumps, depending on if it's umpire's call or not, is given out or not out. You see, and that's the bit that frustrates me, that you got a ball that was less hitting the stumps and it's given out just because the umpire thought it was going to hit the stumps more so. But the reason, why, the reason why you have the umpire's call in the first place, one is to protect the te- integrity of the umpires, but the other one is to cover the margin of error in the technology. And so it's to give the technology, if it's not accurate, to, so if it's, nowadays it might not be extra accurate to one millimetre. In the other day, in old days, it might have been only been accurate to five, milli- five millimetres. Exactly. So having the I accept the point, I, then. I, I accept that. that point. I accept that point. That's a fair point. But I think the, the, the counter thing then was to say that the team shouldn't lose an appeal. I think that was the, the sensible thing to do because they lose an appeal uh, and, and it was really, you know, just millimetres off kind of thing. 
But mm. the strange thing is that throughout the whole of the referrals that have been used in Test cricket, it's only it's only improving from ninety one to ninety three percent range of umpires in terms of their successful decision up to ninety six and ninety seven. So it's only a four percent increase in in decisions getting right. Now we're getting closer to all the decisions being right, and that's fantastic. But I don't understand why if the technology is down to a millimetre, you just don't clear it up as far as LBWs are concerned, because it's not the umpires who are usually making the bad decisions with LBWs. It's uh, players just terrible appeals. The, the way, how many how many referrals were wasted in this match? Lords. Well, it, you know, I guess you say once Shane Watson retires, then that, that <laughs> thing is going to die. Australia will shoot <laughs> to the top of the league in terms of efficiency. No, but why not? Why not? When, when him, and, him and Stuart Broad, actually, the worst worst reviewers ever, those two. And Broad shouldn't, the Broad should just be told never to say anything. when it's, I don't think anyone takes notice of what he's going to say anyway. I no, no, I don't think he's, he's ever had one overturned that I can recall. Yeah. Stokes took on the Broad mantle and that for the idiotic reviews. So. The official, just to, just to clear it up, I mean, I, I am... Uh, all for DRS and I think it really adds to everything uh, uh, and I, I, as an Indian fan it angers me that um, when a test match is on and India are playing you don't have the DRS and it's very frustrating um, but I think the only time I've, I've known that it's been put to them was when uh, Ravi Shastri used to be on the verdict in the ashes and they they, they wanted to say it but they were being very polite because it's their guest and stuff but I think his version of, and you know obviously he's quite instrumental now in the Indian team his his basic thought thinking process was that we he the Indians don't like it that it's in the hands of the players in terms of how many reviews you've got so there's an element of gamesmanship in there they say that the 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 underpinning thing should be that the right decision is made hence it shouldn't matter how many reviews a team's got or whatever so they are proposing a system where everything is in the umpires realm like so for instance which is fine I think that's okay. Um, I've got no problems with that. If if the on-field umpires give it not out and a guy upstairs is saying, you know, Erasmus, you've got it wrong, mate. Put your, put your finger up or something. There's nothing wrong with that. Put it all with the umpires. Have 10 umpires, I don't care how many you've got, and they've all got all the technology in the world. And some on-field umpire makes a mistake and off-field umpire can correct it. Well, one of the consequences of using the DRS has been that umpires have stopped looking at no balls. And Alistair Cook could have got 300 in this game had they gone upstairs and seen the no-ball that he was out to. So, you know, it, it, we've got technology, but we, we're still not using it properly, even the umpires now. So it's we need to... The third umpire needs to look at every no-ball if the umpires aren't going to do it anymore, because it annoys me anyway. I thought the I thought every no, I thought every wicket-taking ball was checked for a no-ball. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, I mean, that's... Oh, he, was, he was out... The irony was he was out after 14 hours on a no-ball, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to mention one. Well, I never mentioned it in the Ashes podcast and stuff about how so many no balls were just, you know, whizzing past ten, twelve no balls, and the umpires aren't even saying anything. In, in a just, on, just on, just on the Ashes. I don't know if you heard the stat that Cook's innings was longer than the entire Trent Bridge Test match. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know they were. That's a fantastic stat. Um, yeah. uh, anyway. <laughs> Dubai, and let's talk about the next test. Yes, uh, now this changes. Um, obviously, we're still uh, good for 2 0, Dan. Um, Kenny, I know, was quite harsh at the beginning and thinking it's going to be 
three nil whitewash. Uh, well, I did does think this now change our mentality? Does this change our mentality now then towards how the test match might? And sorry, we, we even forgot to mention Yasir Shah being injured last minute. Did that really make an effect on things, or because we were talking about him quite heavily beforehand? Well, Kenneth, if you look at if you look at how the rest of the, the spinners bowled um, on days one to four, um, maybe he wouldn't. But if you take it on face value that he is a cut above any of the other spinners in the game, we don't know. So a lot of the um, guys on TMS were like, well, it would have been really good for the England guys to have a really long look at him on day, day three, for example, on a pitch which wasn't offering him much. But he does, as I said, he does offer control in the preview. He does offer control. His economy rate is good. He does spin it both ways, and he does spin it big both ways. He has got a very good googly. So that that's just the thing. You know, when, when, when you've got that threat, the, the spinner who can control it and spin it both ways, that's a, you know... You, you can't quantify how much impact he could have had on the game. And personally, I'm ecstatic that, you know, I'm proved to be wrong. Cause, and, and I hope you see him misses Dubai and I hope he misses Sharjah as well. Although apparently he's going to be like, he's likely to play and Azir Ali. So. Yeah. yeah. Rosie, what do you think? How does this change the complexion of the the series now? Because England's batting really did stack up. Um, I think it, Possibly does. It completely depends on the pictures for me and how um, the batsmen apply themselves and whether they didn't look like they had many wicket-taking um, bowlers apart from Wahab. We has uh, their spinners just looked like ours, completely ineffective. And like, is that a pitch? Because we were made to look like brilliant players of spin um, for full <laughs> two hundred overs. So that's a, that's a that's a first, uh, especially after the last time we played. Um, against Pakistan and the UAE. As for the next test, I'd drop Wood and play Taylor and even bolster the batting some more. Um, I, think, mm. I think that, that he's a very good player of spin as well and he has got the application that Cook's got and I thought it was bad not to play him here. I don't think Wood offers much bowling. I thought he was, had great control um, and he's got a good engine but it, it's just, you know, we've got Stokes, Anderson and Broad in terms of seamers and we can get 90 overs out of them and then you should be looking to get 90 overs out of your spinners if you're going to have 180 innings um, so, over and in. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd bolster the batting again. I thought the selection was one for this match, but it's only one selection. Kenneth, any change in selection from your point of view? For for England? For England. Um, I think, just before to what selection, I, I think one thing that gives me confidence after this match is that our game plan and our research and the level of intelligence in our backroom team is very good. And I think Mahela, as the consultant, has obviously had some input there. But, you know, obviously Bayliss and Farbrace. Um, and, and because I, I, I heard Cook talking on his post-match um, thing on day three. And he was asked about his approach to day four. And he basically said um, more of the same. And basically he was getting, they were fishing for, are we going to press the accelerator? Are we going to stop plodding along kind of thing? And he, he, wasn't, he wouldn't be drawn. And he basically said, no, we know from experience, we know from and the matches in these parts of the world, that the game accelerates late. And um, it's just a question of when we've got to be in the game until the point when it starts to accelerate, and then we then we adapt. And, I, and I, that tells me he, they, they know exactly what this pitch was going to do, and they were they, they, they were executing a plan to the conditions. And, and I, I think that bodes really well for the, for the next two test matches, especially when you look at the form of the seamers as well, our seamers. So, I mean, Broad, Broad and Anderson were just outstanding 
uh, in on the that, match. On that strategy point, what they effectively did was made Pakistan bat in the fourth innings of the test because yes. it was the final day. Bat once and win. It was a variation on bat once and win, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, my thoughts very quickly are that I would like to see James Taylor play, like we said in the preview podcast. And uh, if there's an argument to say that they want to keep Wood in the team as another bowler, then fair enough, I'd drop a Bearstone, put Taylor in. Otherwise, from, from uh, you know, as as it's gone on so far, we're thinking, you know, dropping Wood would be fine as well in case you did need to have that extra batter in there. Um, but otherwise, I think it's fine. I think the teams are maybe a bit more evenly matched than first anticipated. But uh, I think uh, Dan Kennett's hit it on the head in that England have have really done the homework and they know how to play in different conditions. And this is really good to see because you now think, well, if England can get a good amount of respect out of this series, it bodes well for the South Africa series and so on. So I think it's uh, yeah, it's great stuff. Fascinating if you at, stuff. If you, if you look at the English lineup in that test, the, the players who performed the four weakest of the 11 were, were probably the players with the four biggest question marks over them going into the series. Bairstow, Ali, um, Butler wow. and Bell. Um, I mean, Bell got, you could say Bell got a 50, but it was ugly. Man, that was ugly. That was an ugly 50. Um, and Bairstow, you know, he's not, he's, he's not that convincing. Ali wasn't that convincing as an opener. It was okay. You just don't think it's test match, do you, Bairstow? No, I don't think so. I don't think he's, certainly not in these conditions anyway. Um, he might be better in South Africa. I mean, we'll see, I guess. But, um, um, Ali, you know, he doesn't do anything with the ball. He's not that good enough bowler. Um, um, but again, it's that thing. Is there anybody else? Um, Butler, he's under pressure for his batting. Didn't make any mistakes with the gloves, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 you can see, you know, could could you maybe um, you maybe bring in Samit Patel for Ali, or you could bring in uh, you could drop Wood and play uh, maybe Patel again, or I don't know. But Patel in the third test, but not the second one. I can't remember who was saying that, but it was one of the three journalists that was on the TMS lunch on the final day. All right, okay, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd still do. I'd still do Taylor for best, though. No, no, no questions. Yeah, that's what I reckon. Pakistan's um, going to be interesting though if they bring back Ali, Azar Ali. Yeah, that would be if. What's the situation? I know we forgot to mention Hafiz last time with his action being under scrutiny and things. So he wasn't allowed to bowl. No, he's not allowed to bowl. Is that is that for the series then now? Or is he... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's, he's he's, he's, yeah, batsman only. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're, they're not going to drop Shoaib Malik after making 245. No. Nope. So um, they're going to drop Masood, aren't they? Well, Masood looks very. He looked very shaky, didn't he? Yeah. So that means Masood's a goner. Comical circumstances with these dismissals as well. Yeah. Just a bit. So, it wasn't like he got a peach. So it might might be that Azam might open, or maybe I, I can't what? really see Shoaib Malik. Can you see? I don't know. But Azam may as well open if Ali's opening for England. Yeah, you'd think he's got just although the the skill of the uh, England openers is is vastly more. Maybe I mean apart from Riaz, um, it's it's nicely set actually. Uh, and they'll and, probably drop. They'll probably drop. Uh, they'll probably bring back Yasir and drop one of their drop one of the seamers. Yasir is definitely back though, isn't it? I thought somebody was saying that he's out for the series. I heard that there was different talk it's, on the first day about he'd done his he'd done something in his back, but then he were running about on the third day. 
I'm sure. I'm sure they've got a Mr. Miyagi out there to do the business. On the fourth day, so it was. Uh, I think he's going to be okay. According to <laughs> according to the various opinions that come out from the Pakistan camp, but yeah, I think maybe they just yeah, want to keep the mystery of I that. Think all if that. he plays, that Pakistan might win. I, I'm not from all the talk about him. Um, I suspect that that might be the case, but if if, if not, yeah. then I fancy a draw or England win. I'm, I'm getting onto the bandwagon now. <laughs> the thing is, they can't prepare. They can't prepare any way a pitch which favours the seam because our seam is so much, much, much better than theirs. And they almost what they almost won this game because they were just superb. Um, so that we've got a clear edge in the seam department. Um, I'm still I'm yeah. still sticking to the guns two nil. What happens if what happens if Cook goes early? That's that's what the Pakistan well, will be thinking to themselves. Yeah. Can can you know because um, even I can with Cook. Apart I feel from, yeah. Apart from Belt, apart from Belt, no. Apart from um, Root, who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do it? That was Dan. That was yeah. a Freudian slip. <laughs> you, you just haven't got the com- any confidence in anybody else to do it, have you? If Cook goes, but Root, Root is providing that sort of you know the dread that a bowling unit must have when Alistair Cook gets yeah. past twenty. Yes. Yeah. Cook is uh, Root is as I say gets past twenty twenty five and you're thinking, oh my god, he's in now. What are we going to do? Um, and he can and he's, he can go at a rate as he can put his foot on the pedal with you know yeah. Cook doesn't have that. He's not that kind of player. He's world class now, Root. Root is world class now. He's provided if he can if he if he gets four, four poor results now, single figures, then fair enough, you can say there's a question mark or whatever. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to. I think he's he's one of the main guys now. If he can succeed here, then then it's fantastic setup for the. Second one of his one of the few things he's got left boxes he's got left to tick actually is making a, a, a beginnings against a, a world class spinner. Match winning. Yeah, in in, in a difficult situation, that's one yeah. of the few things he's got left to tick. Yeah, I think plus uh, plus 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 Stain and Morkel, I think would be another box to tick as well. Yeah, in South Africa, yeah. Uh... Okay, so well, gentlemen, I think that brings us to a close. Let's hope for a better pitch in Dubai, and uh, you know, let the fascination continue. But that was a, a great fifth day, and uh, unlucky for England not to come out with the victory. Um, that's all from us, guys, on the Creek Index podcast, and we look forward to uh, coming on again when it's the review of the second test. Well, thanks again to Dan Rhodes, Dan Kennett and Samir Korsler. I'm Amit Kohli signing off. See you again next time. Bye. And um, a quick a quick word for, for Jeffrey Boycott's grandma, who was, have also got a double hundred on that. Oh. According to Boycott on DMS. He's so, boycott, boycott, he's so, he's so bitter. He's so bitter when someone else is scoring runs just because he got all his runs in liberal pitches. Oh, sorry, uncovered pitches. Covered no, I forget which way around it is. He does it, it every I, single time he is commentating on a pitch that the batsmen are just he, scoring he, slowly. He had a go at Shane Malik after he scored 200. Oh, uh, let's see what he does when he's looking around. My grandma could score 100 on here. No, I think, it, I think he was having more having a go at the players who didn't get any runs, to be honest. Yeah, he definitely right. was, yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he basically... He my, poor shots, no, getting out so, poor shots. Accumulation, early. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, to be, but to be fair, boycott gets carried away. But he's he, he's what he's saying is correct in that you can't have the, this hell for leather style. You've got to have uh, horses for courses situation, and this called for that. And that's where uh, you guys are probably thinking, "Oh, fantastic! We went and got you know a mammoth total on a pitch that was doing nothing." It's great to listen to about him, but his grandma couldn't get a double hundred. No. <laughs> he says it every single time. It was one of the ones that Bell dropped. He, he, his his mum could have caught it in a penny. <laughs> yeah. That was it. That's exactly what he said. That was it. <laughs>
And he said, and he was like, dear, oh dear, how's he, how's he missed that? Well, did, you guys, did you guys ever field in the slips? I was a keeper. I was a oh, keeper. Oh, if you're going to be behind the stump, if you're going to be in that section, you may as well have the gloves. <laughs> no, definitely. <a> <laughs> I, oh, I, never fi- I never fielded in the slips, but I always wanted to because I hated running. Um, yeah, tell you what, and, on, on that Sarfraz, that drop-off cook. Oh, oof. my God. Oh, he's oof. a good keeper as well. He's not that bad. Is he? Is he? Oof. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I didn't think he's, he's not that. I know the, the Pakistani keepers in general haven't got much of a good reputation. Um, mm. The Akmals and stuff. But Yeah. Jeffrey was there with that one. You've got oh, a big was... pair of gloves on. Catch it, man. Catch it. <laughs> You've got I a big pair of gloves. One... I couldn't believe the one as well when um, I forgot who swept it in the final innings and they dropped anywhere in between the two fielders. Mm-hmm. There was no dive, no nothing, no... Oh, when it went up in the air. Just yeah, up in the air and you think the fourth wicket's gone down or whatever it was. You know, it's yeah, quite, yeah. you know, that would have been quite pivotal, possibly. Neither of them called yeah. and neither of them went for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, stick a rhubarb. Stick a rhubarb. <laughs> they set him up down team don't they? They love it. They love, they love it. feeding always, his yeah, thing. Always. I love listening Boy, to him, actually. Him and Aggers are very funny. Especially Boycott Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, Boycott Bingo. <laughs> What's going on here, lads? Oh, I'm back now. I'm black. I don't want to be a rat, but I'm not for that. Hello, here I am with uh, bowling coach Otis Gibson, the guru, the doctor, whatever you want to call him. The thing I've heard all summer from Otis, hold your length, hold your length, Woody, hold your length. Keeps things simple, brilliant coach. He's for Ashingtonian, he's all right. For a man from Ash Vegas, um, he's okay. I've worked with Steve Harmonson before, um, but he, he's okay. He, he listens. Once he holds his length, then, you know, that, that's the main thing for him as well. Sometimes it's not all about the, the end outcome. It's, it's how you're feeling when you deliver the ball. So to get us in a good position, this is why I work with this man. And uh, he's top draw. I've spent probably 20 minutes. That was all not very long just focusing on little things. It wasn't off a big run-up, and it wasn't off probably the match intensity that you usually bowl with, but it was the right sort of intensity for training and to get myself and my body ready for the match situation. Drill one was the TheraBand, where I was pulling it into my side. That was just a drill to, to work that front arm and getting it driving right through, which allows my back leg to come through, which, of course, gathers your pace. Drill two was bowling into Otis's mitt off one step. Basically, all that's doing is getting your body going, getting a run through, knowing that the ball's coming nice out of your hand, out of the seam. A couple of in-swingers, a couple of out-swingers, just checking that everything feels good. Drill three, the hop and hold. Again, back leg stability. I've got quite a big jump when I bowl. That back leg stability needs to be strong to allow us to take all the weight and also to drive over. So I also put the, the sponge down next to my foot so that um, I can practice with my foot landing straight. When I bowl in the game, I tend to land on the corner and splay a little bit. Um, so having that sponge um, thing down and not running off my full run-up allows us to practice with my foot dead straight. And then hopefully come the game, I'm not as splayed as before and I'm somewhere in between, which again helps look after my angle. Drill four, ball throughs. Again, I keep the sponge target um, square there. Some bowlers use it as a target. You'll see a target on it, so they might put it at the other end on the top of off stump. But today I wasn't worried about outcome. It was all about how I felt at the crease, being straight and stable at the crease and making sure that everything is driving through straight, not just for um, pace, but for me personally as well for injury. 
Drill five is without the sponge uh, square there, and it's basically just a bore through. It's working on everything technical that you've done in the session, trying to put it all together and seeing how it, how it feels. Typically, I would do these sets of drills probably about two times a week, I would say, and then couple that with your, your nets and your match practice. Um, it all builds up. It's all to help for me with my, my ankle and my injury, um, but also to, to know that I'm in good rhythm. Uh, I find that when I do these drills, I feel taller at the crease, um, I feel in a better position and I definitely feel stronger. So um, all these little things help to hopefully become a better bowler out in the middle. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 